0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Moto Academy podcast. If you want to watch full episodes, you can do so exclusively at club.themotoacademy.com. This is an app that offers the highest level of motocross training. You guys can send in your riding footage to be analyzed. We have hundreds of hours of tutorial videos, full episodes of this podcast available to view, and so much more. You guys can hang out with Jet Lawrence, myself, and cameraman Cam and the rest of the Moto Academy team inside of the Moto Academy app. Check that out at club.themotoacademy.com. Hello. Albert is here. And uh, guess what? This is another episode of the, the best podcast in Motocross. This is the Moto Academy podcast, number one number one podcast in Motocross, Coach Evan, if you didn't know that and we have the strength and conditioning coach inside of the Moto Academy. Evan, how do you say your name the right way?
1: Nystrom. <laughs>
0: Nystrom. Okay, thank goodness. I've been saying it right this whole time. By the way, folks, if you're looking to start a podcast, just telling you right now, expect 70 to 75% of your time to be spent troubleshooting. Is that yeah. a fair assessment, Cam?
2: I mean, it's just it's the whole like distance thing and trying to get the best quality out of it. Yeah, it's kind of an it's kind of a nightmare.
0: What a pain in the butt.
1: Well, I think we're covering what? We got like the northeast area, the southeast and the northwest right now. We're on all different corners. <laughs> we're
0: triangulating that entire country in this phone call, yes. But yes, at we least are. we Pretty can ch-
2: at least we can do that. I mean, that's cool, right?
0: <laughs> it, it is. Out, yeah. It's working as of now. Hopefully it sounds okay for the audience listening at home. Yeah. Uh, well, how? What are you recording into for audio, Evan?
1: I have actually a pretty good microphone set up with the camera and everything, so the audio Fantastic. should be coming across pretty good.
2: Great. Yeah. Great. Albert, I'm what? sure
0: it'll malfunction somehow, but probably.
2: Okay. AJ, what's the uh, what's the temperature there?
0: Oh, the temperature is real nice. I'm gonna guess that it's about 72 degrees. It feels pretty much perfect. It nice is, there.
2: What's nice there? I am in Vermont. It is almost November. It is 75 degrees out, dude. Whoa. It is like, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. It should not be like this, but it's wonderful. And tomorrow it's probably going to be 30.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, what's the forecast for tomorrow? 25? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> It'll
2: probably drop down to the 50s like like where it should be, but that's okay.
0: That is good. So we hopefully we have a b- bunch of questions hopefully we have a bunch of questions from moto academy people today for coach evan uh evan do you want to quickly before we dive into questions maybe tell people a little bit who you are keep in mind that our audio version is now non-exclusive to anybody can listen to the audio version so some of these people might have no clue who you are
1: all right so do you want me to start from like the very the beginning, or the, like from, where, where do you want me to start the story? If Evan, from, I want to know from,
2: the, from in the womb. I want to know, you were yes. born. <laughs> absolutely. I want to know from the very beginning. <laughs> I yeah, have fifteen well, percent
0: battery on my phone, so you just have to tell this story and before my phone dies. That's all.
1: All right, I, I, I'll do my best. Um, I grew up in Washington. Still live in Washington. That might be changing. Oh, um, I've talked to you about that a little bit. You so haven't talked we'll to me see about it. About that. Well, we haven't <laughs> talked Cam, Unreal. here we are, this,
2: all we've talked we about is sex. the technical side of this stupid podcast. All right, let's <laughs> just keep going.
1: So, um, race motocross growing up, like most people that interact with the Moto Academy, but, um, went away from motocross for about six or seven years when I was 14 and got into track and field, started riding. I was pretty fast at running in a straight line. So got a scholarship to go to college on that. So that was kind of cool, but something a little bit different than, you know, racing dirt bikes. And earned my degree in exercise science, started coaching as soon as I uh, graduated, which is also when I started riding dirt bikes again. And kind of the rest is history. I've been a coach now for eight years, but only about three of those years has been my own business and specific to motocross
0: is the track and field background. What inspired you to get your degree in that field in the first place?
1: Not actually, um, fully, it was just kind of a means to go to college. It was helpful to have scholarship and be able to, you know, go to college and have that aspirations to go get a degree. But I always kind of wanted to be like a physical therapist. That was like my first like idea of like, oh, I'm going to go be a physical therapist. Um, cause I like sport and everything like that. So I was like, okay, then I figured out, oh, I got to go to a lot of school to go be a physical therapist. So I was like, what's kind of the next, um, what's the next thing that I can do? And so I switched into exercise science was like, okay, I'm going to go a little more like on the training side. And then when COVID hit, that's when everything changed. Cause I was working at like a normal corporate gym just being a personal trainer.
0: I didn't know that. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that was, and I was making a good living doing it. it. I was great at it, paid well. I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. And it's hard to leave somewhere. That's like, you're making good money at the same time. Right? So COVID forced my hand, which was like, that was a benefit in a way. It's like, okay, well, everything went to hell. So I'm going to start my own thing. And when I initially started, I was like, I just want to, I want to work. I want to be able to help and work. That's what I've been doing for the past however many years. So what can I do to do that? Start my own business, make my own rules. And so I started helping a, a local pro rider that I just kind of knew. I, I wasn't like good friends with them or anything, but I was like, Hey, like, you know, this is what I'm doing. Can, can I train you? And he was down for it. So we started working together. That led to the next rider. That led to the next rider, you know, as far as working with um pro level riders. And then working with pros, of course, attracts, you know, more of the amateur ranks as well.
0: And what is your what would you describe your coaching method as is specific to the sport? Because I know what it is, and I think it's super important. I think there's a lot of people training maybe the wrong way, in in this sport. How would you describe the way that you coach?
1: So it's funny. I actually just got asked that question this morning because I I got a phone call from a rider that I wasn't expecting to get a phone call from that wants to work with me for this season, and he he asked me that exact question. So I'm well primed for this. <laughs> so <laughs> first things first, like I am a strength and conditioning coach, so my focus is gonna be on strength. I like to make sure that the body is being well-rounded and approach it holistically, you know, in a health way, but at the same time, work in the body to be as strong as possible off the bike to help on the bike.
0: And what's interesting to me is that many people do not put focus into that. I think in motocross, people get lost in the cardio, which obviously is very important. But to be quite honest, as a professional athlete in the sport, you are getting so much, probably enough, 70 to 80% of your cardio is already being taken care of on the dirt bike anyhow. You know what I mean? And what happens when you have muscle imbalance and just, dude, I don't know if you guys can hear it. Every single freaking car here is so loud. Yeah, unreal, unbelievable.
2: (laughs) No, we can hear it. I can hear it, yeah. (laughs) No, we got it, we got it really. Truly, we, we can Oh, hear.
0: It's, it's unbelievable. It's like they just do drag racing right down my, the main street here. Uh, and what that leads to is guys having elbows down or locking at the hips when they ride. There's it causes so many issues and I've since I've met you kind of these last couple of years, I've put more thought than I would have typically into that type of thing. And we've had conversations about Jet and Hunter. We've had conversations about Sexton. And they're all doing the same thing. And it's what it's what you coach, especially Sexton.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, I think when Alden came into motocross and started training it, he comes from a cyclist background. So his expertise are on the cycling and that's a very aerobic, you know, method of training and that has its benefits. And that's been the way for what I think he came over in like 2004 and kind of dominated up until about five years ago. Yeah. then we started to kind of see a shift in writers challenging that program basically once Dungy um, retired. And we have seen Cooper Webb find some success in his program, but we're seeing people like Tomac take over, we're seeing Sexton really come out of the shell, and we're seeing other methods of training work better and actually see these athletes be treated like athletes not just like oh these guys are out on the bike you know cranking lap times as fast as they can and then they go for a three-hour cycle it's like no they have training methods that are scientifically proven and real and then they're backing it up with body care they're backing up with nutrition and then they're going out on the bike and working technique Rather than being so hyper focused on like lap times.
0: And there's very few people doing that. I spent one year that I can remember of my career that I did kind of the pedal, 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 ride, 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 and a little bit misguided in the sense that there wasn't anything else going on structurally or any type of stretching, any type of strength. And I developed chronic lower back pain and I had just the tightest hips, hip flexors, I I was a mess. I was in pain constantly. Yeah. And I was young at the time, that was 2013, so I was was only 20. And I feel way better now, even though I barely work out now, but at least when I do work out, I do it the right way. Mm -hmm. I feel way better now at 29 than I did at 20. I had chronic lower back pain at 20.
1: Well, that's, that's the thing with any repetitive motion, thousands on thousands of, you know, cycles. And that goes for runners too. You know, they get very stuck in doing the same movement over and over and over and over again. And what that causes is muscular imbalances. And you can address those, but if you're not, you're going to develop, you know, potential problems like a lower back or maybe a hip flexor problem or a hamstring imbalance, whatever it might be.
0: And people tend to think that for some reason, those solutions and working out are like woo woo or weird and they, they don't, it doesn't work. I think people's first instinct is unfortunately like just to take an, an Advil or a pain med of some sort and just be like, oh, we'll just push through this, this lower back pain. But what I've learned is it seems that most of these pains are, can be fixed you know, you give people yeah. the right set of workouts and the right set of stretches. And next thing you know, your entire body just seems to function better. Everything works together a little bit better, far less pain. I'm a, I'm Absolute. a, I, I'm a believer in it. But let's do this cam. Can we, how many questions do we have? Can we hop right into the questions maybe? And we'll just let the questions guide.
2: Yeah, we can. Um, there's a few for Evan, but there's also just like the normal dirt bike ones. Um, But also, Evan, I want to talk about like how, how you met AJ, like how, what what are you even doing here? You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's actually, that's a good question. so when I started my own business and started training, I just started reaching out to everyone and anyone that I possibly could to try and get into the industry further. And it's funny because like Dave Drake's actually talks about this in like his masterclass in the app where, you know, he's trying to help people get into the industry and stuff. And he talks about doing this and just trying to network. And so I was just trying to network. Um, not really knowing what the heck I was doing. I was just trying to reach out to people and, I actually sent AJ an email, like it was like March of 2021. So almost two years ago. Crickets, didn't hear anything, which is what I got from a lot of people, which like, you know, he probably gets tons of emails. But when he started the Moto Academy, I did something sneaky. I joined the Moto Academy because AJ said, I'm gonna follow everybody that joins the Moto Academy. (laughs) And so i joined the moto academy and he started following me and i shot him a message which he didn't get like because he gets a lot of messages but i started posting like um ride technique from a muscular place with a couple of my riders and that popped up on his feed he went to message me i'd already messaged him bada bing bada boom
2: that's actually hilarious. yeah what these
0: were what they were cam is it was videos of a rider and he was doing breakdowns almost similar to mine, but talking the entire time about what weaknesses or strengths they have that are making them making what they're doing in that video possible or the things that they, they were working on and tried to fix. And he would point it out kind of in real time as the video was playing. Wow. So I saw one of the, I saw one of the videos and I'm like, Oh, that's cool. It's good because it's basically what I'm doing, but in strength and conditioning.
2: You know what's crazy is I'm in this moment right now, remembering those videos and for the first time realizing that that was you. (laughs) (laughs) Like I think, hey, yeah, genius. I think because that was happening when we were doing supercross. I remember. And those videos started to pop up. And then I think you and I messaged back a little bit too. um, Which is kind of funny. You need to
0: bring those back. Uh, You should bring those back and you should do them with me and maybe you, even if we can get, you know, people inside Moto Academy sending you riding footage that maybe you could voice over and use that as content as well. I don't know how those performed on Instagram, but at least for me, I, those were my favorite. What well, some of my favorite videos from you? Yeah, it just, I've done it, a, you could I've done see. A Did they do well?
1: But it's kind of, I kind of like moved away from them a little bit. Mostly because like I only want to analyze people that are like being asked to be analyzed. Otherwise, I'm just giving giving like unsolicited advice (laughs) And that's just like a a personal thing. Like I don't want to like do that in a public way, but if we can get like Members actually getting videos to me and I can do breakdowns then it's like they're asking for it. I feel good about that
0: Yeah, yeah, I think it's helpful for people to see the riding in real time and then you explaining okay this guy's hips his lower back is rounded because of x or his elbow as soon as he sits down when his elbows are dropped to his side because of x like yeah a lot of that is technique and things that you could change with technique but to be able to sustain the right position for any amount of time it it becomes a a strength thing and I've underestimated that for a long time and I think it's because your boy over here is just uh
2: naturally pretty fit Cam we know this um (laughs) what video was it did the video come out yet when you're like well you know I am a physical specimen
0: uh yeah I uh I'm we're just the I'm a physical specimen so when it's easy for me to do things on a dirt bike i take for granted that sometimes for the average person if they have a really weak group of muscles it's like landing a jump for example you see some people when they land jumps that don't have the right certain muscle groups strengthened they literally will collapse into the seat of the bike like they cannot physically hold themselves up and that's just one minor example
1: yeah definitely and you know, there's going to be people that are like yourself that are a little bit ahead of the game. And I, I would definitely say that's like a lot of the, the pro riders that I work with. Like they naturally, a lot of that stuff came to them and they're able to do things that quote, unquote like normal people are incapable of doing. And the more professional athletes I work with, the more I see that across the board, like in all sports. You just got to like realize that there's always levels of coordination, level of natural strength, level of biomechanics that's going to be so different person to person. And some people just, they just got it, right? And then they work upon it. And if you got it and you work hard, man, that ceiling goes high.
0: And even no matter where you are on that tier, that ladder of these levels, it's still incredibly important to have the guidance or else you're still then end up working muscle groups that you probably don't need to be working anymore. And that was my problem, right? I Mm -hmm. was just pedal, 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 thinking that I would just become this animal and all it did was just make it so that I was in pain all the time, you know? Which then like, I
1: mean, cycling definitely gives you a lot of like a workout. You're like, oh yeah, you know, I definitely did something, but any good program should leave you feeling like you did something, but it shouldn't leave you hurting. Like that, that's a, a red flag. Like I hurt. Oh, well, something's wrong, right? Your body's telling you something's not right.
0: Yeah, some of the workouts that you've given me, like especially for helping with the tennis elbow symptoms that I had, are so simple that it almost doesn't feel right.
1: Right. Yeah. So, In the strength and conditioning world, we call those exercises that are like the Instagram exercises that you'd post that look so cool. We just call that sexy. Like, it's just sexy. It looks good. It sells. But in actuality, that's like 1% of the training is like these sexy modalities. It's actually the basic stuff that still works the best. And has proven itself to work the best over and over again in all sports. It's just no one talks about it and no one posts on social media about it because here I am doing a squat again. Here I am doing a push up again. Like very simple exercises, yet still very, very effective exercises. Right.
0: Uh, Cam, did you have any specific questions before yeah. we dive into the? So I also, you do yourself.
2: I I meant to, uh, I meant to mention this at at the beginning of the podcast today, but this is the first instance proving that Evan and I are not the same person. Um, Oh, right. (laughs) Right. Because we get lots of comments of people thinking that we are the same person and we are not. Um, (laughs) Definitely great compliment for me. Definitely not a great compliment for Evan. But one of the things that keeps us not being the same person is that I am probably the least fit person that I know. Um, hmm. but you know, like I, I did the gym thing for a while. Like I went to planet fitness every day for like a year. Um, didn't make any, didn't make any ground cause I didn't know what I was doing. I was just kind of like playing around. Like I was in a jungle gym. Um, I used to run every single day in high school and that was super fun. Um, also I live in Vermont, so there's just epic trails. Like you can run a different place every single time. It's beautiful. So that was, I really enjoyed it, but then I got shin splints and stopped. Um, And then um, also when I was in high school, I was, I did like CrossFit for a while and CrossFit was like probably when I was most fit, you know, but never had the eating component. So I guess like here, here's the situation I'm in now. I hang out with all these pro athletes all the time. And then I come home just feeling like a piece of crap. (laughs) Um, But I don't even know where to start. And I think that's a big issue that a lot of people have. Like, even with, you know, my close circle is like, where the heck do you start when you have no, I mean, I, I have bike fitness and that's about it. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. So the business guy in me wants to be like, oh, the best place to start is with my program. Right. You know, like I want to be like. I have the program for you. I can do this. I can, you know, get somebody started, which hundred percent I can, but in actuality, the best place to start is to start simple. And most people are like, if I'm starting a program, I need to be in the gym five days a week. And reality of it is like, no, you don't, you know, two to three times a week is actually a very sufficient amount of training. The professional riders that I work with, they're in the gym, maybe twice a week it's not as much as most people perceive it to be. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that we just think we gotta work ourselves into the ground to make, you know, headway. But if you just start with something simple and plain, even if it's like, I'm gonna go do the bike for 20 minutes and then I'm gonna go maybe squat. Like, and when I say squat, like, I mean like, body weight squat 20 times for three sets i'm going to do lunges for 20 times for three sets i'm gonna do push-ups and i'm gonna break this up just something to start somewhere is better than not starting at all or not doing anything at all
2: yep albert's phone definitely just died by the way um (laughs) i just saw that yeah so i guess we'll keep talking and then so one piece of advice i was given at one point and i don't know if this is weird advice or not you could tell me is I was talking to my buddy who was way into the gym and he was like I was like, Yeah, where do I start? Like what do I do? And he's like he's like, start going to the gym but don't change your diet. Cause he his his reason was like if you change everything at once, you're just gonna not do it.
1: Which you're that's not wrong. Like if you're starting something and um you change literally everything about your daily life because routines of eating, routines of sleeping, routines of working out, you change all that at once. That's really hard to do. It's so disrupting that your brain kind of is going to go crazy and you're just going to not be able to do anything at all. It'd be no different if, you know, AJ was coaching a rider and told him five different things to focus on in a corner at one time, rather than being able to, focus on five things, they're going to focus on nothing because that's just too much. Exactly. So, but there's definitely like an order of operations that would be better, right? Like I want to say gym is the first thing to getting healthier. It's probably sleep and nutrition, like fix your sleep, get good quality sleep, and then work on nutrition and then the gym can come in. And during those times you can be, you know, walking still, like go for a walk. Like if it's beautiful out like it is for you right now, Go outside go for a walk get good sleep eat better, and you'll have more energy and then you might be ready to hit the gym because your energy levels are now up or something of that
2: yeah interesting i've never heard it in that order i've always heard go to the gym then figure out food
1: yeah i mean honestly if you think about like health and wellness The gym is like more of a substitution for inactivity and daily lifestyle.
2: Hmm.
1: So when you sit on your bottom for, you know, eight hours of the day, the gym is a way of releasing all that energy that you didn't use throughout the day. It's a way of doing the movement you didn't do out throughout the day. But the nutritional side of things like that's actual survival for your body. Sleep is recovery and cleanup of your body. Those two things, by far, exceed importance from the as far as the gym goes. Like, the gym is that next thing in line for sure.
2: Oh wow, okay, that's super interesting.
0: What would a moto Moto Academy podcast be without a mid podcast technical difficulty?
2: Yeah, um, I don't even, it was good. Yeah, it, it was good. So okay, it, let's. I want to talk Evan because AJ, we started to talk about this while you were you know, getting your life together. Um, Okay. (laughs) Let's talk about sleep, because this is something that AJ and I talk about all the time, and Evan uh, very kindly said you're crazy to me the other night, um, for lack of a better word, because I was texting him at probably 10 o'clock his time. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm working. (laughs) You know, it was like 3 a.m. or whatever. Um, Uh. Okay, so here's the deal. AJ always loves to talk about how he gets like 10 hours of sleep a night. I personally don't see how that's even humanly possible cuz I just have two m- I I could sleep for 13 hours a night if I had the time, but I Yeah, anyway, Evan and I were talking about sleep a little bit and you gave me a fact that I just find really interesting. Do you remember what that was?
1: The, After being the up for of- Health essentially or no 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 sorry the um the fact that I texted you. Yeah yes, yeah I remember, remember that
2: after being awake for 17 hours or whatever.
1: It's equivalent to your blood alcohol being the same as
2: .05 That's crazy to yeah. me. But makes yeah, sense. I
1: knew that fact somehow.
2: And that's also scares me because I've definitely driven in a car for more than 17 hours in a day. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so that's, that's the big thing is actually a, a lot of fatalities, like car crashes, actually most of them come from um, people's lack of sleep. So you think about like morning accidents, like, you know, fender benders or even evening accidents, whatever it is in traffic. Most of the time it's because people are not awake enough to react, know what the hell is going on. And next thing they know, they're in the back of somebody else's car, right? Yeah, wild. Wild. Yeah, it's crazy.
2: And now, one of the things that we've been asked a bunch when you haven't been on the podcast, which you really need, you needed to be there for this, is, like, what to do in preparation for race day, right? So, now we know sleep is one of them. (laughs) right (laughs) like
1: yes absolutely so
2: what do you eat what do you eat the day before what do you eat the day of what do you do when was the last time you were training like
1: so there's gonna be a multitude of different ways to do this because everyone's gonna have a little bit different you know things that help them and whatnot so like food you can't be I can't like be ultra specific and be like, eat this because everyone is going to eat something different that makes them feel a certain way. And also there's rituals in place, right? Like I only eat salmon the night before racing. I only eat pasta the night before racing. Everybody has their, their thing. Um, however, everyone eating pasta the night before racing, thinking they're carb loading is kind of silly how to carb load actually takes like five to seven days What? it's not something that happens overnight yes you are ingesting more carbohydrate but the point of ingesting more carbohydrate to quote quote carb load is to get a higher level of stored glycogen which is stored sugar essentially in your liver and your muscles And that takes more than just one single day of consumption. If anything, consuming higher carbs the night before a race is gonna spike your blood sugar levels, which is gonna cause an insulin release, which is gonna drain your energy down. So you gotta be careful with the amount of carbohydrates sometimes the night before or even the day of a race, because you have a lot of stored energy already in your body. And if your stores are already high and you're trying to ingest more, it's gonna go in your bloodstream. And if your blood has too much sugar in it, it'll become syrupy, you'll die. That's not good. So the body has mechanisms to balance that out so we don't die.
0: There's so many fallacies that like I was taught from my dad (laughs) that they're all wrong. They're all wrong. Every single one of them Here's
1: the thing is, Once upon a time, they were right. As a lot of science was, science is evolving and changing all the time. And maybe 20 years from now, what I'm saying might be wrong because we know better and we know more. But it's just what we thought we knew was right, it was a little bit off. And we know better about the body and how it it functions. So now we know that there's some better ways The hard part is, and this actually goes all the way to like deep medical practices, it takes up to 17 years for new information to get cycled through undergraduate and graduate degrees because it takes that long for like new books to be published. So information can be very old. Like even the info I learned in college, And the books I used were old books. Therefore, the information I was being told, even though I was in college in 2013, was from 2000. Mm. Because it's like my argument
0: with feet on the pegs. That's what I tell people too. It just takes a while. It all just takes a while. And Ali's trying to show. What are you showing me? Yeah, that looks that looks nice.
1: Hi, Ali. Okay.
0: (laughs) Trying on dresses. Unreal. Kidding me? (laughs) Mid podcast.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> wow, from the motocross, motocross world's number one podcast, right here, guys. <laughs> this, this is how we do firing it.
0: Firing on all syllables. ay ay, yeah. Aye. <laughs> oh my god! Cam, drop us a question. But, I'm, right, I'm we're going to hear from you. Are so I'm mostly? Eager to, well, I'm ready to hear from the real GP. Is really who I'm excited.
2: to Do hear you want to start with him? Are you clicking around on my computer? No, you're watching my screen now. Oh. <laughs> Okay. Should we start with you the real GP?
0: Uh, sure. He always has the he always got top-notch questions for us. So, All right, ready yeah, for let's this? Hear it.
2: All right, here we go. Got a question for Coach Evan. So, I've got kind of a nagging back injury. I think it's from carrying in the early episodes of this podcast. <laughs> but uh, I feel like I can't <laughs> tilt my pelvis quite enough to totally unlock my hips. Are there any exercises I can do to I gain more flexibility in my lower back and, and be able to unlock my hips better in the attack position. Thanks. Dude, I was sitting wow. in my office alone and listened to that question and laughed out loud, bro didn't even crack a smile or anything <laughs> that's hilarious he's so nonchalant no he was, he, he was serious yeah, he, so. he is it. serious <laughs> he did
0: he is carrying he's carrying the entire moto academy subscription base as far as questions go he's just on it he
2: probably another great question yeah.
0: <laughs> that's that's same pro, that sounds like the same problem i had
1: yeah well so he's the back his back problem could be coming from a multitude of different things like posture throughout the day you know how he's sitting on his hips if he's um, what I call tucking his tail underneath when he sits down um, and so that would put a lot of tension on the lower back which then would also make it hard for him to what would be anteriorly tilting his pelvis to ride into the top position so his hips are basically tucked underneath like a dog that scared tail between his legs and he's trying to stick his Hips more up towards the ceiling or the sky to get into that attack position, but it's not wanting to go. So, what could be helpful is yoga movements like uh, cat cow, down dog, child pose. Um, I know AJ, you've done like some yoga stuff to kind of help with your back, and it really kind of seemed to do just that and help it. A lot of yoga movements are based around just activating and moving um, through ranges of motion that you don't typically do. So those are the three that definitely like come to mind right off the bat. And those are simple, those are easy movements, doesn't require any equipment. It just, you just have to do them.
0: Now, what about strengthening maybe hamstrings or glutes or lower abs or anything like that? Are there any specific muscle groups that he'd wanna try to maybe hit as well? To help pull him back into a better posture?
1: For the sake of operating with his hips and everything like that, like unlocking mobility is priority number one. Once that mobility through those ranges of motion, he starts to feel them because the only way that he can move his hips is by knowing how to activate those muscles first. So if I said, go do this exercise, do this exercise, but those muscles aren't activating the way they're supposed to, all he's going to do is compensate because he's not getting proper activation of the hamstrings or whatever it might be. So first things first is he needs to learn how to feel those muscles through simple movement. Then we can get into like the idea of like a strengthening of the hamstrings through maybe like a um rdl or a like a, a good morning or something like that that would strengthen them from the upper part rather than from the knee at the lower part
0: uh i just had another question for you too what the heck was i gonna ask so main focus number one would be hip flexor mobility
1: um, not necessarily so that's also a big misunderstanding is like hip flexor mobility most people's hip flexors are tight because they're weak so not necessarily like mobility of the hip flexor but just like i said with the hamstrings learning to feel the hip flexors and actually be able to activate them properly because if you're only stretching tissue you're giving very short-spanned relief so like if you're stretching your hip flexors which By the way, there's like five hip flexor muscles. It's not just one. So it's a complex system. So it's not just like I'm going to stretch this single position and I should be good to go. Well, it might be the psoas hip flexor muscle that's tight. It might be the um, iliacus that's tight. It might be the rectus femoris. Like there's all these different ones that flex at the hips. So it's better to learn how to activate them first before you start to like pull and tug on stuff. Cause you can get into a way of just like playing tug of war with yourself.
0: Can you tell me which one is anterior pelvic tilt and which one is posterior?
1: Yeah. So anterior pelvic tilt is, um, I'm posing on Instagram at the gym and I'm trying to show off my butt.
0: So the attack position,
1: the attack position
0: <laughs> or that crap. <laughs> Have I been saying it wrong
1: at classes? Yes, you have. (laughs) Posterior, posterior scared dog. Yeah, tail underneath.
0: Yep, yep, definitely. I've been without a doubt saying it the opposite and I knew that I had it and I knew you are gonna answer it that way. I I must have reversed it in my head at some point over the last month and a half. Okay, yeah, so posterior scared dog, anterior is attack position poking your butt out. Mm -hmm. You know, one thing I noticed though is that am i still recording yep all good is that <clears throat> when people just sit you can almost tell if they're going to have an, a good if they're going to have a good attack position just by the way somebody sits on a chair yeah
1: you have, exactly that's a hundred percent yeah
0: okay because you can see m- the majority of people unfortunately sit in a chair and like their abs are turned off and they just slouch i feel attacked mm-hmm. and <laughs> <laughs> And so, therefore, you are posterior pelvic tilt at that point, right? A little scared dog with his tail tucked in between his legs. When I sit in a chair, the first thing that'll get tired or sore, and I focus on this consciously, is my my abs. Because I will try to, like, as I'm sitting here right now, I am sitting completely upright with my abs, my core engaged so that I could stay that way.
2: I can assure you my abs aren't doing anything right now.
0: No. Well, if not, then my lower (laughs) back starts to hurt. And I spend so much time on a plane too. And I'm on the plane. I I really focus on that on like rolling my shoulders back and just having good posture. And I just feel as though it helps me not have lower back pain.
1: Mm. Yeah. Well, that's exactly it. Because like a lot of that tension in the lower back's not due to those muscles actually like overworking. It's because when that tail tucks underneath, you're pulling on those muscles. Mm. So, like, imagine like your bicep muscle. If you just had, if you had to walk around in a flexed position all day with like five pounds in it, it's not gonna be too bad at first. But by the end of the day, dude, your bicep is gonna be just like killing you, right? Mm. And so people it's the think same of that. Concept.
0: People don't think of it that way either. And neither did I. I thought it was due to like lack of it being used, but it's because it's getting pulled
1: yeah yeah you just think of that like rounded turtle position that happens that's that's a pulling on the muscle that's not a shortening of the muscle muscles love to contract and actually give support especially the back muscles that are postural muscles they that's their job they want to do their job but when the hips are in a poor position or like the shoulders are in a poor position it's just cranking on them all day long. And dude, you're, even your head, like anyone that has their head sticking out in front of their shoulders, you know, really bad like forward position, your head right. weighs a good amount of weight. So when it displaces, it puts a lot of tension on, you know, those muscles.
0: I'm very conscious of my posture all the time. Are you? I've, noticed, can-
1: I've, I've noticed about you, like even just being with you in person, your posture is, I would
0: say actually better than my posture. <laughs> yeah. You have good not posture. Not have good ego. Uh, <laughs> Cam, do you ever think about posture or are you just the slouch machine over there?
2: Uh, definitely a slouch machine. Well, I have like the chest thing. Like I have a hole yeah, in my right. chest for anybody who doesn't know. So I think about it sometimes, but not, I don't pay attention to it as much, nearly as much as I probably should, especially with what's going on well, you here. You sit a but- lot.
0: Yeah, I I sit said all lot. the
2: time. I have a standing desk, Evan. It's always in the seated position, but I have a standing desk. I am curious though. I like that shirt. Thanks, man. Yeah. Got it in Florida. Can you tell? Um, is it Ethica? <laughs> no, no. Oh wow. It does look oh. like Ethica though, huh? Yeah.
0: yeah I thought no, right. I thought it was. Oh. I thought it was Yeah, yeah no, it's totally not.
2: Yeah. Um so oh, Evan, okay. I have a controversial question for you. Goody. What do you think about chiropractors? Mm.
1: I think they're like every job that's out there. There's good ones and there's bad ones.
2: Okay. So you don't like, I know some people land on the side of like, Oh, chiropractors are a hoax. You know what I mean?
0: Is it too much of just the short term correction or is it, it, can it be beneficial?
1: It can be beneficial, especially if they're like giving prescription of movement to do from that adjustment. So like Mm, say the hips are out of whack and so they go in and they click clack and get you in a good position. But here's the thing that most people don't think about bones don't move themselves, muscles move bones. So minus if somebody crashes and you know, has an injury and that impact can move stuff around. But most of the time people are going to the chiropractor because they just feel out of whack. That's due to muscular imbalances. Because if you have a bone with a muscle on one side that's really tight and really strong and then a muscle on the other side that's weak, that's a tug of war, right? It's gonna get pulled into whichever side is stronger. That's gonna put it out of whack. So a chiropractor can go in, reset a joint, but there needs to be a prescription on the end of it that is okay. The muscle on the other side now needs to be strengthened to try and hold that in the right place.
0: Cam, you're just going and getting adjusted and calling it a day, or what oh you yeah, to?
2: yeah. Oh yeah, just nice. Feels yeah. good, huh? Oh, it feels great. <laughs> feels great. I have a great oh, relationship so with my guy. that situation, He's given me, then, so he hasn't it, given me strengthening things, but I have like stretches that I do for my lower back. And do you Which do you
0: is that? something. Yeah. 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 I found that in the middle of my chronic lower back pain situation, somebody told me to go to a chiropractor when I was staying at Club MX at that time, and this chiropractor adjusted me. I went once or twice. He gave me, uh, or I bought a freaking tens unit thing, mm-hmm. and the whole deal. And that was it. And it was like looking back on that situation. That was such a disservice. The fact that you're adjusting this 20 year old kid that doesn't know anything about anything and giving him a tens unit that's like, let's face it, like doing nothing and didn't even suggest at all that I should be strengthening this or stretching this or explain why I had the pain in the first place. Like very clearly it was a situation where you just wanted me to keep going back which is sad. Right,
1: I mean, it's it's a business and, you know, w- do you want to heal everyone and not make as much money because no one comes back because you fixed them? Or do you want to keep people in the dark and just have them have chronic issues?
0: Yeah. I mean, sad. which one makes more money,
1: right? <laughs>
0: right. Well, being a in the long run, I it's not screwing people. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah, I mean, do which that. I, 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 agree so with loud, that this more is so. unbelievable. Is there? Two helicopters? Yep. Helicopter landing on my roof now.
2: Great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can tell you're loving Tampa, huh?
0: Yeah. Just everybody and their brother has a Lamborghini. So, which I thought was cool when I first moved here. But then within like a week, it was, it's a very annoying. It just sounds like there's a formula one race at all times. Mm. And it just echoes off of the buildings. Really yeah. bad.
1: Hey, hey, Austin, sounding pretty good, huh?
0: Yeah, the
2: yeah, yeah. Oh, is that where we're going?
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, so, I do want to buy it. I I want to buy property in Texas. I think it'll happen soon in Texas. But there's a couple other ones that have to happen first.
2: Mm. Yeah. Well. Wow.
0: Mm. Next question. Hit me with it. All right. Here we, we go.
2: I listened to this question and I didn't know the dude was speaking English. All right. Here we go. Hey guys. I got a question for Evan about inflammation and anti-inflammation and stuff, stuff like turmeric. So I've heard in bodybuilding how you, do, you don't want to really take anti-inflammatories, because you want that inflammation to rebuild your muscle and make it bigger. But how
0: does strength training, what we do, compare with that
2: to that? does Taking an anti-inflammatory hinder, going to hinder my strength gains the same way it supposedly hinders your size gains. Educate me. I want to know how this is working at a cellular level. Size versus
0: strength. Thanks. It sounded like it was a good question.
2: Yeah, there were a couple of things I understood in there. You know, it's a couple of basic so- words.
1: He actually, he messaged me in the app and he asked me that question. I said, you know what? This is such a good question. I want you to send it to Cam and I want to answer this on the podcast. Oh, good.
0: Okay. Hit us with it because I don't know. I don't know the first thing about this. (laughs) I'm curious. So inflammation,
1: first off, is a response in the body to a trauma, it helps us heal. So inflammation to say you sprain your ankle and it swells up like a golf ball. That inflammation is going there to actually provide um, a signal to the body to give nutrients and also to make sure you can't move it because it needs to heal. So that type of inflammation in that instance is like, okay, maybe an ibuprofen a couple days later when the pain doesn't go away might be something of help but that inflammation is there to help heal it so what he's asking is from a training level when we do a strength workout we're breaking down muscle tissue which means inflammation is a response to that and that brings in certain nutrients like growth hormone testosterone all these different ones that are going to help it build their anabolic hormones that will help it rebuild so he's asking if he takes something like turmeric, which has been showing in studies to be an anti-inflammatory substance. And anyone that doesn't know what that is, is it's a root. So turmeric is a root. And so they pulverize it into a powder, you can take it, and it has anti-inflammatory properties to it. Bodybuilders obviously want to get as big as possible because that's their their sport is to be big and go up on stage and show off their big muscles so they want to do everything possible to reduce um, lack of inflammation essentially because they want their muscles to be big for our sport we're not trying to be big so that's that's one thing we don't want to be a bodybuilder on a bike some people might be but not necessarily like a perk of you know our sport is having major huge muscles we want good muscles but not huge ones so in this case taking something like a turmeric there's no problem with it because we're not trying to build up that muscle mass but we can still get stronger through better nervous system activation through training which is like something we would see out of like a chase sexton chase sexton is stupid strong, like deadlifting 400 pounds strong. And so, Hmm. but he's not huge, right? Like, it's not like Chase Sexton's this big burly dude lifting a lot of weight. What it means is his muscles have this ability to activate to their full capacity because he's trained the proper way to be able to do that. And lack of inflammation or anti-inflammation doesn't make a difference when it comes to that type of training.
0: How much do you think Chase Sexton weighs?
1: You know what? I've never seen Chase in person, to be quite honest with you. How tall is he? Six, six foot.
0: Yeah, maybe he's taller. I was at his home track teaching a class this yesterday at Sunset Ridge in Illinois, and they were all saying that he is he's big. Like bigger than what you would expect, like. 170 175 that's pretty heavy but also jet hunt jet and hunter are heavy too like i was at dinner with hunter the other night and he was talking about jets build and he said that jet is just really wide and he, <clears throat> he goes yeah jets 170 pounds like very 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 strong why for the audience we just had our second technical difficulty the sun is moving in quick my first my phone overheated now my computer overheated and <laughs> So if you're wondering why I'm looking hardcore to the right of me now, oh my gosh. <laughs> this podcast started with my computer to the left of the camera, then it went just to the right of the camera. Now it's all the way over here right next to me. So yeah. hopefully the sun slows down a little bit. Uh, and yeah, I, you guys probably didn't hear what I said. I don't remember what I asked. Um,
1: I, I actually remember what it was if you want want me what, to pick it up. What was it? Uh, you were at dinner with Hunter and Hunter was talking about yep. Jet's build. That
2: is what right. he was talking about.
0: Right. Isn't it amazing the fact that they're a hundred like a hundred and seventy pounds and I'm one forty five and we're the same height.
1: Here's a here's a question for you, AJ, because we were together a month and a half ago or whatever. Yep. How much do you think I weigh?
0: You're pretty close to my height too, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm five I'm
0: five ten. I would guess that you're one you're probably pretty dense. I bet you are 158.
1: So I'm 165.
0: Wow. You're heavier than I would have thought too then. Yeah.
1: So that's what I want to get at is like muscle is pretty dense and strength doesn't necessarily mean that you're huge. And so I have riders that are 6'1, 165. Um, I have riders that are five seven, one thirty five. 135. you know, there's multitude of build in this sport. And I think that's, what's really unique about the sport is there's not one single body type, right. But that does change riding technique. It does change body position a little bit, but ultimately as long as we're not like exceeding a very high, high weight, these bikes are so incredible these days that I don't think it matters as much
0: where it would matter more is probably on my end, if I was riding a 450 at 145 pounds, that's probably too light.
1: Right, so and like now we're yeah. talking about being like too, too small, maybe not strong enough because you know, a 450 is just the behemoth of a bike.
0: Yeah, I gotta start working out, huh? <laughs> I yeah, no man, we
1: need, I, we need I, you on the program now.
0: I do have a strength and conditioning coach after all. Yeah, you should probably yeah, I'll use start it. making. I'll start making time for it in about two, two and a half, three weeks is when Once it all you begins. Once back
1: from Switzerland?
0: Basically. Yeah. Like I'll move everything in November 2nd to the dog pound and then like they have a spot safe for me in the race shop and everything's ready to go for that. I don't know if I'll be able to ride that day, but then, uh, yeah, then I, then we go to Europe, do our thing there. And then when we come back, I'll be full bore. Like there's nothing else on my calendar except for this. Did uh, did we tell you that Travis Pastrana invited me to that Terra Inferno hard enduro in, in the Dominican?
1: No, he didn't. No, yeah, he
0: didn't. I, Sipes sent me the official invite letter two days ago or three days ago. Unreal. A, a train? Didn't even know we had trains around here. And yeah, so now I have to potentially go to the Dominican and race a hard enduro event and that's the end of November. So wish oh, me luck. Well, I'll tell
1: that. you this right now if you wanted to train for that you would need to start tomorrow.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're not training for that it looks like. We're going to go in cold turkey. Um and figure it out.
1: Well, Albert's going to go going to go east, right? That's the that's the plan right now. Well,
0: yeah, but the Jet is doing west is what I've heard.
1: So, so do you want to do West with Jet?
0: Well, technically I did want to be in the same coast as him, but I don't know. I mean, I Cam, what are your thoughts on that?
2: Um, well, it's gonna be a lot more expensive to do West Coast. <laughs> just saying. I would I would be down with West Coast just for the one fact that it'll be warmer. But eh. Well, it, it's I'll, just, be
1: at, I'll be at four of the West Coast rounds this year, so if that if that makes any difference for y'all. Which one? Seattle, A1. I'll be in A1, A2, Seattle, Utah.
2: AJ, your camera shot is so good right now. What, uh, what the one that you guys are looking <laughs> no, at? No, no, just the one that everyone else is looking at. <laughs> the one that they're just
0: looking at me looking to the side for no apparent oh, reason? Oh, my yeah. gosh. Next question hit me with it, gosh, darn it. Get me out of this heat. my whole freaking left side of my body is in the sun now,
2: yeah, let's do like one more. I think it's probably good um, don't know which that was a good
0: that was a great question. He must have some type of background in something to have been able to even ask that question.
2: well okay, would, that was a good one. would you like a dirt bike question or more of a fun personal question oh give give us two more give us a dirt bike one and give us a Fun personal one. Okay, let's see. What we- and
0: we'll let Evan just try his best to answer all these. We're
2: things. gonna do fun personal first. Okay. Um, it's like a five-parter. Okay. Oh. Okay. shit. All nice right. gear, little man. I think I have that same set. Well, well hang okay. on. That's one of the questions. And well, oh. he's definitely referring to you, AJ. But for the sake of the, argument, we right, we're gonna all answer. Hi, AJ. I have a few
1: questions for you. Number one.
2: What is your favorite music? Number two, what is your favorite jersey, Fox jersey? Number three, have you guys have
1: an idea to make a team share only for members,
2: for Moto Academy members, and go Jet and toodaloo?
0: And a toodaloo. Okay. Well, (laughs) all right. Music. I got to remember all those. Music. Evan, music. What's your music of choice?
1: It's situational, okay. If I'm in the gym, I'm listening to like some like two thousands alternate like rock type stuff that like takes me back. I enjoy that. Okay. Um,
0: like some forty one.
1: Some forty one, Blink one eighty two. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Um, but if I am at home hanging out, and I want something a little bit calmer. Um, something like a Mumford and Sons little oh, like okay. rock folk.
2: Okay.
0: Interesting. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Cam, I know how you're going to answer this uh, question. I
2: couldn't be more excited to answer this question right now. Um, so I'm either listening to worship music or punk rock. <laughs> 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 but Hallelujah. Dude, hallelujah. So we, dude, we, I just f- have started the journey of fulfilling one of my bucket list things. And we just bought tickets to Blink-182. And How much, much were they? How much was that, Cam? I don't want to talk about it, but it was totally, it's going to be oh worth it. Oh my um, gosh. No, I got really good tickets on pre-sale because I, so I started playing drums when I was five because of Blink-182. Like if there's one band I had to listen to for the rest of my life and couldn't ever stray from it, it would be Blink-182. Okay,
0: fair enough. So both of you guys kind of answering almost the same way. Hmm. I listen to absolutely a little bit of everything. If you guys were to see my... That's not true. Okay, so what would you say that I listen to? You listen to all
2: the TikTok songs. (laughs) 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 The only thing I hear in the car with you is like music from TikTok.
0: Oh, you know why? It's because when I put music on in the car, I put on like a generic Apple playlist and I don't know what the heck any of those are because I don't have time to like source music anymore. So my go tos in my actual downloaded library in Apple Music, which that might be my first problem is that I'm using Apple Music and not Spotify maybe, but maybe it would be. Oh, the most recent ones on there. I can tell you specifically song-wise too. I have Chop Suey system of a down I have a Marshall Marshall Tucker band is that what it's called can't you see so that couldn't be any different than the first one uh we got the new blink 182 song that came out on that album edging uh a a Mike Posner song and probably a black bear song I listen I like I, I like all types of music to be honest Especially the worship music, camp.
2: I know you do. I know you do. Uh, I, I I sneak some hallelujah. in hallelujah. I sneak some in
0: there every once in a while. Well, you yeah, because sometimes you can't tell. Like yeah. who? Uh, Lot not Logic. Lecrae. NF.
2: Oh, NF. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was surprised when you said that he's a. What What do you call? What do you What are they? What do you mean? What do you call them? What's their genre of music?
2: Uh i well rap. Christian, <laughs> Christian rap? Yeah, is it like yeah. Christian rap? Yeah, oh, I mean yeah. it's it's his stuff is a very Christian influence. It's not as legit as someone like Lecrae. Lecrae is very like you know. But yeah, no, some of it some of it you can't have you ever heard of the band August Burns Red? No. No. Really? You no. guys never went sounds, through a
0: s- sounds a little too Christian
2: for no, me. No, you never went through a Screamo phase? <laughs> Uh I
1: went through a hundred percent emo screamo phase. I just didn't listen to them. August burns red? Uh, seriously? They're like August,
2: one of the big ones.
0: Something August. What's this? What's that band? August something Burns Red. Help me out here. <laughs> Is that what you just said? Is that August? August Burns Red? So yeah. Okay, so no, we're talking September. What give me some other hard rock Screamo band types? What? <laughs> You're naming give, months. Give me some <laughs> give me some band names. Well, there's another one with a month na- a month
2: in it. Uh, I don't know. I was a big fan of We Came as Romans, which is not. I abs- don't know that one. S- something Sirens, what, what maybe. About, oh, Sleeping what with A-fi. Sirens. Yeah. Sleeping what with was Sirens. was the one you
0: said to Evan? Yeah, that one sounds right. AFI. Great. AFI. Yep, I remember them. Mm-hmm. Oh.
2: Anybody remember what the romance. second part of that question was? Yeah, Jersey. Favorite uh, the Jersey? Jersey. Yeah, my favorite Fox Jersey is the one I only wear. <laughs> which Mine. is what? Flex Air? Well, it's, yes, definitely Flex Air, but it's a black with the green. It just looks dope. Flex
0: Air. If you guys don't have Fox gear yet, first of all, get it. Second of all, get Flex Air is the one that you want to get. However, Airline, think- Airline is very good. Also, the 360 stuff it would be the notch below that as far as me personally, and then 180 would be just a little bit below that.
2: Yeah. But some of the Flex designs Air's on better. 360 and 180 are better than Flex Air, but Flex Air the material is more like premium. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah,
2: Just be careful <laughs> when
0: you, I keep ruining my jerseys. Make sure when you have a really, really, really thin jersey like that, toss it in a, a laundry bag before you put it in the washing machine or else it's going to get like, it's going to pull out the individual mm. things. And then you have like little tassels hanging off of your jersey.
2: Yep. Really La- annoying. Laundry Real bombs. annoying. What was part three of that question? Part three. Uh, I don't know. It was something about a team.
1: Uh, Moto Academy team t shirts.
0: Yeah. Or yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. So especially once I get my title sponsor and figure out my uh, sponsor situation, everything for Supercross, then yeah, we'll probably do replica team shirts and jackets and hats and then have those available for purchase for Moto Academy people. So little man, keep your eyes peeled. We'll have some, I'm sure some cool stuff going on with that. Just got to even- figure out sponsors
2: we don't have a title sponsor
0: <laughs> no well moto academy as of now but i
2: mm.
0: am open to having a title sponsor lucas is potentially sourcing one mm. if not we'll do exactly what we did last year which is just you know team Moto academy i'm fine with that but uh, it would be nice to save a little bit of money
2: yeah we'll see what happens
1: i'll, I'll give you uh I'll, I'll be title sponsor for a cheap price
0: Okay, deal <laughs> for cheap. athlete development. Yeah, for the. Was there uh, another part of that question? There no, I think those part were all, those were all the parts. I no, think
2: that was it. I thought he had a four parter for us. No, I, I think it was just parts. a three parter. But um, okay. but yeah, what do you think? You want? We're over an hour. Do you want to wrap up? Give us one more. <laughs> okay.
0: Give us this one more. I'm I'm ready for it. Just as, just in time for this mclaren to drive-by
2: so my question is i got in a pretty bad accident back in 04-ish and ever since then um i can't seem to get over the fear of any big jumps or anything like that uh coming up to the jump face i always second guess myself never had any problems before with any of that kind of stuff um road for you know years and years and years before that and now i've just been having the problem ever since then like i said even on a quad on a bike no matter what it is i just can't get over that fear coming up to the jump to even commit is there anything i can do or what is
0: a good way to get this out of my head thanks good question cam or evan do you guys have any advice
1: I can only speak from personal experience of, like, how I get out of my own head over anything else. I always go and watch other riders and how they're hitting it, you know, listen to their bikes, you know, what maybe if they're hitting it, like what gear they might be hitting it in, where they're coming out of a corner to hit it, what part of the jump they're hitting it, just to give a little extra confidence that like that might be the smooth line, that might be the safer place to go um, if I'm going to jump it. Go look at the landing, see what the landing's like to be able to, you know, if I come up short, what's the scenario? If I go long, what's the scenario? It gives you a better peace of mind in my opinion.
0: Excellent advice. I actually like that a lot. Yeah. And super cross. I'll do that. Make sure that you're picking a person, first of all, that you can trust. That's clearing it properly to be able to listen to and use them as a reference point. It's also helpful to make sure that those guys that you're watching are on the same size bike as you. If you're if you're on a 125 two stroke and you're listening to a 450, it's not going to do you much good. But if you're on a and matter of fact, Ryan Sipes gave me that advice when I asked if I could do red bull imagination on a 125 he goes well i jumped everything there based on listening to bearman and everybody else's bike because we we're all on 450s so it'd be very difficult to do that from a 125 to a 450 250 to a 450 you, you name it any bike difference that makes it a little bit tricky but it is good to get a reference point i would say that it just sounds like you're lacking confidence obviously so you just need to know how to uh practice the right way so that you can progress safely and build confidence organically. And it just takes a little bit of time. So progress on the right jumps that are super forgiving so that you don't get hurt in the process. But kind of what building off of what Evan just said, there has to be a very, very specific game plan. The more of a game plan that you have, the more confident you'll feel because you're prepared. Assess the takeoff. Okay. Where am I going to hit it on this takeoff? What line should I avoid on the takeoff and why be able to read the jump face, know what the jump face looks like. Obviously we need to know what gear we're in. So really assess, okay, this thing is third gear, mid throttle. I come out of this corner in second. I shift to third. I stand right here. I'm going to approach with this much speed really have a good game plan. As far as how you're going to attack it, just gear selection wise landing same thing read the landing and assess the landing so be able to make the decision upon jumping at the first try okay is this a jump that i want to go maybe a little bit long on if it's a gap double jump or something like that that you don't want to case or is this a tabletop or a step up with a plateau landing something that it's more safe for me to go short on because let's face it if you're sending in this video asking for advice on this topic you don't have the confidence and the Memory bank stored yet to be able to look at a jump, say, okay, that jump's 65 feet. I know exactly how fast to go, and we're going to get this thing first try, which some people can do. It just takes a lot of time. So you have to be able to make that game plan. Okay, do I go short? Do I go long? Um, And know how to go long on a jump and know how to go short on a jump. You go long, you're landing back tire first just a tiny bit, hard on the throttle, head forward. If you're casing, you're landing typically front tire first just a little bit really keeping strong legs, making sure your knees stay back, landing on the throttle, you always want to land on the throttle. Um, but yeah, you have to, you have to just progress in a smart way because so many people, even the class I did yesterday at sunset Ridge in Illinois, there's a lot of big jumps and you see people do like the smallest jump on the track and then they get a false sense of confidence. And the next thing, you know, they're, they're going for the hundred foot step up and it's like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. there was is eight different jumps in the track that you should have done before you got to that big one, just take your time with it. Don't let other people around you pressure you. Don't feel the pressure just watching your peers and the people that you're around jumping something, like really go at your own pace and, and take your time. That's what I would say. Clip that cam, just solving people's problems left and right here at the Moto Academy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Just
2: nice and short clip. <laughs> My, was it?
0: <laughs> my left, I am sweating so bad. The sun couldn't be any more in the side of my face right now. Evan, Hopefully it looks
2: okay. Where can people find you?
1: So next week, this is coming out, right?
2: Yes. Next Wednesday.
1: Okay. So everyone can find me on Instagram at Outlier Athlete. Cause I am full rebranded. So I I am now athlete or outlier athlete development, which is also my website. So you can find me through that. I have a brand new program coming out, super hyped on it. It's more for like the general motocross rider, So that will be launched by the time this is out. So you can find that through my Instagram or on the website.
0: And we will certainly have Evan on these podcasts more frequently, if we can figure out our troubleshooting issues over here. Uh, all, Evan is also inside of the Moto Academy app, so make sure you guys, if you're not already, check out the app. Check out his strength and conditioning masterclass that's inside of there. And Evan, by the way, I I don't know if I responded to your text. I figured out a slightly new game plan as of this afternoon. So and Cam doesn't. <laughs> Cam Cam doesn't know this either. we have a studio available to us in salt lake city on any weekend period so saturday sunday it's open to us for free it's a really really high level studio it has a video screen if we need it It you name it it's got it i'm thinking what we do is we plan a weekend maybe in december where cam me you maybe ryan flies there uh get evan there this is a long shot, but it'd be cool to have Jet there and film as many master classes as we can in that Saturday, Sunday, because it would just be in studio stuff. So we could make sure that we shoot anything else that we would need to shoot riding wise, could be done in Florida. But this studio, we could like really level up on the master class stuff. And Evan, I think that that would make. I got approval in the kitchen. We could do a date for that. No problem. So that's a good backup plan. I was finally able to get in touch with the chef so we can do that, but it might be potentially a better option for us to hit up the studio and just kind of knock out all of ours all at once.
1: Yeah. I mean, just
0: you wouldn't have a kitchen. Do you need a kitchen or like because we would have a really, really good looking setup, it just wouldn't be a kitchen.
1: And that's fine. Like okay. honestly, the kitchen was just like, okay, that would be yeah, aesthetic, one hundred percent. So yeah, that would be totally fine. Do I still get to go to the ride day? Or? Well, <laughs> so the that
0: that hard enduro. This is kind of what brought all this up. That hard enduro is the weekend that I originally had the ride day tentatively scheduled. Gotcha. So the ride day will now be shifted to a different weekend, and yes we would probably get you there regardless and it might be easier because that ride day was going to be at a track that is eight hours from where the kitchen is anyway so that was kind of yeah. kind of be a pain in the neck uh yeah so anyways th- th- this doesn't have to be on the podcast but we shall schedule that cam the studio is sick so i think we'd be able to get some really really clean looking stuff and just if we have the, like everything scripted and don't have to be balancing back and forth between. The talking head stuff and the b-roll and the riding shots which is i think what took so freaking long last time should be a little bit easier
1: cool i mean cam. i'm i'm down for everything so
0: okay uh cam are you alive
2: yeah i <laughs> you know did, you, did just, you die no i'm just you know ready to <laughs> this is the greatest podcast in motocross <laughs> this is the this is the greatest <laughs> podcast
0: in motocross make sure you subscribe where you can subscribe uh number one podcast motocross moto academy podcast it's on apple it's on spotify it's you name it it's
2: there i'm sure it's Most really only not. just there and in the app but yeah it's pretty much <laughs> only there
0: there's clips on youtube <laughs> there are clips on youtube firing on all syllables okay i gotta go i'm sweating like crazy uh my lips are getting chapped i'm pretty thirsty
1: yeah, that and was something. Neither of you guys have taken one drink of water this whole time.
2: You're right, I have. I not have water out here.
0: Helicopter's taken off from the ceiling now. Okay. All right. Yeah, I have. Have you been drinking water this whole time?
1: I have two water bottles sitting next to me.
0: Dude, I am so parched. I haven't had a sip of water in hours. Bro. Yeah. <laughs>
1: you, better, you better go put one of those patches on your arm or something.
0: I'm doing a weight cut. I'm trying to get down to the 130s we're seeing if we can get down to the 130s okay Moto Academy uh, see you next time thanks for listening for the uh, driver Jamie and two other people that are listening right now this deep into the podcast thank you guys (laughs) much appreciated and uh, toodaloo